Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today we're talking about a very, very important and I think very interesting subject, radiation poisoning. This is going to be part of our first aid series because we are exposed to radiation literally every day of our lives. And sometimes it can actually be serious. Sometimes it's intended. Sometimes it's not intended. Um, and so this is kind of a quick podcast to give a summary of what radiation poisoning is. And then some remedies. We're going to talk about the remedies. Now, obviously, if you're a member, you can go to the Members Corner, the Resource Center, and find the printable that goes with this little talk today. But for those of you who do not or are not members of our group, then feel free to pick up a pencil. I know I talk fast. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. Otherwise, I get bored if I don't talk fast. But pick up a pencil and write down some of these remedies. And they're remedies that you that are really great to have on hand. Obviously, if you're not a member, you can't, you know, you can purchase them in our pharmacy if you are a member because we have specialty remedies for our members. But there are still a few places around the world that you can get these remedies. And like I said, this is for unintentional as well as intentional radiation poisoning. And I want to go back and remind you that we do have a couple of podcasts, I think one and two, on EMFs, um, EMF exposures. And so this incorporates that just a little bit. And then if you go to our Homeopathy for Mommies website, we do have a page that gives you resources of different items that you can wear on your person or that you can have in your home that help to protect you from unwanted extra frequency, radiation frequencies in, in your life. So it's a really good place to get some good information. All right, with that, let's get started here, folks, because we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I am. Uh, you know, okay, the thing is, is 20, 30 years ago, you know, before computers and cell phones, <laughs> everything else. The only thing we really ever had to worry about was, you know, a, a natural like Chernobyl, you know, a radiation disaster. Um, we had to worry about too much sun because that was, you know, radiation that those UV rays can can burn us. You know, what else did we have to worry about? I, I don't even know because we had landlines and we um, radio frequencies, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But it was very little. And now the threats are around us everywhere all the time. So it's really a good idea when we look at these remedies. I've actually, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what radiation poisoning is. And then when we get to the remedies, the remedy suggestions for the different types of radiation poisoning, we're going to talk about each one because it's really good to understand the remedy itself. It helps to lead us to the correct remedy. Okay. What is radiation? Radiation is used in a range of industrial, medical, and communication technologies. Although these have beneficial applications, radiation exposure can be harmful to human health. Some sources of radiation are so common and ordinary that few of us even realize we're surrounded by them. We have two kinds of radiation. We have what they call the non-ionizing radiation. 
This consists of optical radiation like ultraviolet rays, the visible and infrared rays, and electromagnetic fields such as power frequencies, microwaves, and radio frequencies. Then we have the ionizing radiation, which occurs as either electromagnetic rays, like as in X-rays and gamma rays or particles, alpha and beta particles. So measurement and exposure of these, how do we, how do we um, measure these the, as far as like the danger levels? Radiation is measured in what they call a REM. The millirem, and it's abbreviated M-R-E-M, is the unit used to measure the effect of radiation on the body. The millirem also takes into account the differences in the various types of radiation. According to Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, so this is like, they're gonna be really, really conservative folks with their measurements here. Man-made sources of radiation should not exceed four rem per year. For individuals working around radiation full-time, males 18 years and older should not be exposed to more than five rem per year. And pregnant women should not be exposed to more than 500 millirem during pregnancy. The nature and extent of effects of radiation on the human body depend on the exposure levels, the frequency of exposure, and the penetrating power of the radiation. Radiation has two types of effect. We have what we call the deterministic effect, which occur at the organ level. If a sufficient number of cells have become affected, the organ is not able to function and becomes impaired. Further, the effects of the radiation are not noticeable until the absorbed dose is greater than the threshold level. Therefore, deterministic effects are manifested soon after exposure and include radiation skin burning, blood count effects, and cataracts. And then we have what we call the stochastic or random effects. These occur at the cellular level. They are caused by more subtle radiation-induced cellular changes, such as DNA mutations. For these effects to occur, radiation exposure must be random in nature with no threshold dose. Cancer is the only observable clinical manifestation of radiation-induced stoic effects. Stochastic, I'm sorry, stochastic. So the thing is, as I will tell you, that this, when I was looking at all these different all this different data, I was reminded that we don't think about this, but when we have ultrasounds for our unborn children, Dr. Carol Phillips, when we were taking our classes, our cranial sacral classes with her, she was telling us that when the ultrasound first came out and they had studies, random, you know, had doctors viewing everything and they had studies, you know, is this something they were going to be able to use, so on and so forth. And they had determined at that time that they understood that the ultrasound would only be used in cases of dire emergency, especially on the unborn child, because they knew that before 20 weeks that there would be DNA changes. And here we have like pregnant women, they'll say, oh, I had my 14 week ultrasound. Excuse me. Now that we know this and I keep telling people, don't let that doctor do an ultrasound on your child before 20 weeks of age, especially before 20 weeks of age. And if it's not necessary at 20 weeks, don't have the ultrasound guys because the effects are very, very grave. And they know this. They've known it for over 30 years. Okay, so some common sources of radiation in the home and in the workplace are computer monitors. Here we go. <laughs> 
is we do get some sort of a radiation from these television sets and computer monitors. Drinking water. Water can pick up radiation from natural sources such as rocks and soil. In urban areas, radiation can come from rivers and lakes, while in rural areas, it can come from the wells. The average person can acquire up to five millirem of radiation from drinking water per year. Uh, I will say that especially in, I, you know, like we live in Minnesota and uh, there's a lot of radon due to the granite around us in Minnesota. The granite is constantly re releasing radon and there has actually been some houses with radon poisoning and whatnot and so forth. Um, so that is something that we're actually aware of here and, and we watch for that. It's not, you know, this, it's not a real common problem around different parts of the country. But as the water, the spring water runs over these little aquifers in the ground, which are natural rivers underground, it can pick up that type of uh, radiation. Again, you're going, you know, everything around us, there's is natural radiation and then there's the unnatural radiation. So, yes, we can be aware of that. It is important to find, to know where our water is coming from. Um, natural gas. Natural gas used for cooking and heating can increase your radiation exposure by 9 millirem per year. Cell phones give off radio frequency waves, exposing the average user to 11 millirem of radiation per year. Fortunately, these radio frequency waves are at low enough levels not to cause damage to cells or tissues. Okay, like I said, I think that's, like I said, this is from the EPA folks. <laughs> Um, and when we do muscle testing, it's so funny because it, like, at our cranial class, we were testing a bunch of toxic materials just to see how our bodies responded. And the most response we got was from cell phones, unprotected cell phones. It was very, very interesting that our bodies would actually sense that at a further distance than even chlorine. It's very, very interesting. So yes, our bodies perceive cell phones as a danger. <laughs> I actually have, and that's one of the things we have on our website too, is the, um, the protective covers for our phones. So there's a link on there for that too. And I won't, I won't take mine off. It's, it really helps. I, when we get down to the headaches when it comes to cell phone radiation, I used to get earaches and I don't anymore. Okay, microwave ovens. Believe it or not, microwave ovens emit radio frequency electromagnetic energy. Some studies have indicated that microwave energy may leak from your microwave while you use it, but it will not have any negative health impacts if properly maintained. Okay, and I will tell you as well that if a cancer victim goes down to the Mayo Clinic, one of the first questions they ask you is, do you frequently eat microwave food? Again, the microwave does alter the DNA of the food. So like even the water, if you boil water in a microwave, what's going to happen? If you, it, it destroys the hydrogen molecule. So, and I've talked about this, I think I talked about it on the EMF podcast, but that if you check, if you take a drop of good spring water, put it on a slide and freeze it, it's going to look like what? A snowflake, a crystal. If you boil water in the microwave, and then you take a drop of that and put it on a slide and put it in the freezer. What's the shape going to look like? It's going to look like a cube, not a crystal, because the hydrogen molecule has been destroyed. So I'm telling you folks, microwaving your food and putting your baby's bottle in the microwave, don't do it. It does alter the cellular makeup of that food and water. 
Okay, soils. Radioactive particles are present in soil due to cosmic radiation on the Earth's crust or from man-made releases such as nuclear power plant disasters. These particles are then released in the form of gases, which, are either, which we either inhale or take in through water or plants. The average person acquires 35 millirem of radiation per year from soil. Just from soils, okay? That's just a scary, scary scenario, isn't it? Radon gas. Okay, so this is what I was talking about in Minnesota here. Radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer in the United States. It is emitted from the radioactive decay of natural uranium in the ground. It is also found in some construction materials. The average person may be exposed up to 200 millirem of radiation per year from building materials containing radon. And this is one thing, you know, right now they're, it's, just, it's kind of a thing the last two and a half, three, no, it's been maybe three or four years now, that when they remodel like hotel rooms and everything, the new material that they're putting in there is, is granite. And I, I'm, I don't want to, everybody that's got granite countertops, I don't, I don't want to freak you out or anything, but that's constantly emitting radon. And that's, like I said, that in Minnesota here, we have a lot of natural granite. And so we have to be very, you know, they actually do test many of the houses because it comes from beneath our soil. Naturally. Okay. Cigarette smoke. Oh, hoo hoo. <laughs> Smokers not only increase their risk of lung cancer and heart disease, they also increase their exposure to radiation. It's estimated that the average smoker is exposed to 1,300 millirem of radiation per year from radioactive material in the fertilizers used to grow tobacco plants as well as other natural sources. So it's not actually the tobacco folks, it's the stuff they put on it. <laughs> and I've actually, I know, uh, of course, you guys all know I used to smoke years and years ago, and I did get on organic cigarettes before I quit, and so I was quite easily able to quit. But the point is of that is there's up to 400 chemicals and toxins in the cigarettes that they put out if they're not organic. It's so scary. It's so scary. And yes, you know, um, that smoke is really, really bad for your lungs. There's just, there's nothing good about it. But I'm just telling you, it's what they do to the tobacco that makes it the most harmful. Okay. So general safety tips that we can avoid, um, Radiation exposure, you know, consider opt for bottled water over tapped water. Again, only if you have to. And I don't care what kind of plastic they put it in. It's just, it's always, it's, it's a constant hindrance to the body taking in, you know, drinking from plastic all the time. It says, while both may contain radiation, the levels of radiation in bottled water are far lower. Again, that's just, you have to take this at their word for it, right? Okay, although radiation levels from cell phones are extremely low, to reduce radio frequency waves near your body, you can either get a hands-free headset, which connects directly to your phone, or use a speakerphone more often. I will tell you guys, the Bluetooth, again, the Bluetooth is, if it's connected to your ear, that's a little mini Wi-Fi thing, and that's constantly going to aggravate. Um, keep your exposure to microwave energy at a minimum by keeping your microwave in good working condition or don't use it at all. <laughs> you cannot see or smell radon, but it's, a, and, but it's not difficult to determine if you have a radon problem in your home or workplace. All you need to do is test for radon using a low-cost do-it-yourself radon testing kit found at any hardware store.
quit smoking. <laughs> Eliminates your exposure from cigarettes. All right. Radiation is invisible and odorless, and it makes it easy to become complacent about the risks associated with it. The simplest solution is to implement and follow radiation tests best practices in order to build routines and habits that reduce our radiation exposure. Like I said, if you go back to their EMF podcast, you're going to learn a lot about this. Radioactive contamination and radiation exposure could occur if radioactive materials are released into the environment as a result of an accident, an event in nature, or an act of terrorism. Such a release could expose people and contaminate their surroundings and personal property. People who are externally contaminated with radioactive material can contaminate other people or surfaces that they touch. For example, people who have radioactive dust on their clothing may spread the radioactive dust when they sit in chairs or hug other people. People who are internally contaminated can expose people near them to radiation from the radioactive material inside their bodies. The body fluids, blood, sweat, urine of an internally contaminated person can contain radioactive material. Coming in contact with these body fluids can result in contamination and or exposure. People who are externally Contaminated by touching surfaces, sitting in a chair. Contaminants can easily fall from clothing and contaminate other surfaces. Homes can also become contaminated with radioactive material in body fluids from internally contaminated people. Making sure that others do not come in contact with body fluids from the contaminated person will help prevent contamination from other people in the household. So when we're talking about contamination, radioactive contamination, that would be like in the setting of an environmental emergency and also a lot of people take radiation for cancer treatments and it's really important to understand that if there if whether it comes from a machine like when they're getting radiation and it's just the machine that's radiating a certain part of the body um, there are other people who actually take the radiation capsules I don't know if they do that so much anymore to tell you the truth but the point is is this is going on all the time around us and it's something that for all of us to be aware of and I'm sure they like to keep the fright out of the whole situation but the biggest thing about radiation poisoning is like for someone who's getting goes in and they get the radiation treatment and they come home and they have burns and they have skin rashes and itching and internal itching because some part has been burned excessively so on and so forth and that's a lot of what we're talking about here today with the different remedies as well. And it's very important that we understand that all forms of radiation can be treated homeopathically. It's very important. Like I said, sunburns, everything, everything can be treated. And, and we need to have these remedies on hand so that we can help take care of our friends and family. And so if you have someone that goes in to get some sort of cancer treatment, if they're getting what they call a systemic radiation therapy, this type of therapy actually does use the radioactive drugs such as liquid type drugs that are radioactive for certain types of cancer like thyroid bone or prostate cancer and they can they can also be put into the mouth or they can be put into the vein and then they travel throughout the body and apparently then this radiation goes to where the cancer is that's where it lands so you can you would definitely want to talk to your doctor about this is that person going to be con, you know contagious or can they contaminate everything that they touch and and the doctors I'm sure will tell you oh the chances are extremely minimal I wouldn't worry about it 
And like I said, this does go on. Personally, if I had cancer, my loved one had cancer, I would talk to a good homeopath. <laughs> and I, you know, go to the Neverwell since I have my case taken. Because cancer is so prevalent nowadays simply because they've destroyed our food source. And we're not getting the proper nutrients that we need in order for our bodies to be healthy. And because our digestion is so messed up, cancer is able to take off where it shouldn't be. It shouldn't have a, a chance, right? Okay, so with all of that, we're going to go on and we're going to talk about some of these homeopathic remedies now um, and how we would use them. What I did is I actually just I used the repertory and came up with some symptoms, all right? So like skin burns after atomic radiation, okay, from atomic radiation. And the only remedy that's listed here is a remedy we call cantharis. Cantharis is in the homeopathy for mommy's book. It's also in the homeopathy beyond acute care book. But cantharis is the number one remedy for burns, skin burns and blisters. It's just, it's an amazing remedy. And that's the remedy that's listed for atomic radiation. And then we have um, generals. We went, I went to generalities. Intoxication after radiation therapy. Now, intoxication, it's, you have to remember this is a repertory, but intoxication simply means poisoning by a drug or toxic substance. Okay, so this person has been poisoned by radiation. And then here we have several remedies listed. We have cadmium, cadmium iodatum, calc fluor, fluoric acid, hippozonium, phosphorus, radium bromatum, strontium, and x-ray. And then we have generalities again and poisoning after radiation therapy with anemia. So here this is phosphorus. Phosphorus has a huge action on the blood. Again poisoning, general intoxication after radiation poisoning with caries or necrosis with subsequent ulcerating necrosis. Okay necrosis is when the the, the tissue becomes very diseased and, and is being eaten away. That defies healing. And for that situation, cadmium iodatum. Poisoning, intoxication after radiation poisoning with complaints, with subsequent complaints, cadmium iodatum, fluoric acid, phosphorus, radium bromatum, strontium, and x-ray. Generalities. Here's one for the mobile phone radiation folks. I actually looked up the proving for this and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about this later. But remember I told you that I used to get a really bad earache when I would talk to my, my mobile phone? The remedy for that is glonium. And glonium has, well, again, we'll talk about the individual remedies, but it's, I found that extremely interesting because it has a huge effect on the venous system of the body. Generalities. Weakness from radiation therapy, carcinosin, and radium bromatum. Now here we have associations ionizing radiation. Okay, again, we know that this ionizing radiation has a, um, is, is huge. And this is from Jer Jeremy Scherer's book in Plutonium Nitricum, and ionizing radiation is the remedy listed. Associations from mobile phone radiation, and they actually have a remedy called mobile phone. We have remedies from ionizing radiation, ionizing radium. 
All right. So now if we go, we want to talk about each of these different remedies. I know this podcast is getting a little bit long and I'm really sorry about that. But I want to go through these remedies individually because it's important that you understand when choosing a remedy, you know, people say, well, what, what do I, what remedy do I take for this? What remedy do I take for that? And oddly enough, depending on what the symptoms are, that's the remedy you take. Remember in homeopathy, folks, we, yes, we have, you know, belladonna for the great viral interrupter. We have suya to help nullify the harmful effects of vaccines. But to be more specific, if someone has been affected by some form of radiation, it's really, really nice to hit the right remedy, okay? Or to alternate a couple of different remedies. The first one, like I said, was cantharis, and this is the best remedy for burns and blisters on the skin. And if someone had internal burns, you could use it for that as well. Cadmium metallicum. Cadmium is a huge remedy. It's one of the top remedies we have for radiation poisoning, also aluminum poisoning. It has a huge effect on the stomach. It's actually been proven to cure many cases of stomach or intestinal cancer. There tends to be a loss of appetite, vomiting, emaciation. In other words, the body starts to lose muscle mass. Sneezing and coughing with profuse secretions from the respiratory and the ocular mucous membranes. In other words, the, the eyes and the respiration. Cadmium iodatum is a great remedy for the glands, cancer of the glands with emaciation. And again, emaciation is when a person starts to lose flesh, especially of the muscles. Thyroid, bowel, pancreatic, spleen cancers, tumors of the glands. It's characterized by hatred, okay? Hates everyone and everything with a high degree of self-pity. The remedy Calcara florata, this is a, this person has a sluggish temperament, um, congenital syphilis manifesting itself in ulceration of the mouth and the throat. This is known as a bone salt, bone deformities, bone tumors, bony growths, bone spurs, slipped vertebrae, curvature of the spine, spinal weakness, bone cancer or cysts, bone and ligament disturbances, calcium deposits in tissues. This is a huge, huge remedy that's very often considered as treatment for radiation poisoning. We have floricum acidum, Flor in other words, floric acid. Severe bone diseases and ulcers where the bones decompose instead of healing. Necrosis of the bones, bone abscesses, bone pains, decay of long bones, ulcerations, bed sores, varicose veins, teeth are deficient in enamel, black, rough, early decay of teeth, fluoride poisoning, forgetful of everything, aversion to his own family, domineering, huge remedy. Hippas aninum, cancer. Cases involving low forms of suppuration and catarrh, malignant ulcerations and swellings, abscesses and enlarged glands, upper respiratory tract causing coughs, ulcerations and deposits throughout the lungs. 
This is a huge respiratory remedy, especially for people who have chronic nasal sinus type infections. And again, it's listed here as a possible intercurrent remedy when someone has cancer. Phosphorus. Phosphorus, is pro it profoundly affects the nutrition and function of all tissues, notably the hardest tissues, which are bone, and the softest tissues, like the nerve and blood of the body. It's famous for burning pains. And I, put, I did put in here the ill effects of anger, fear, grief, worry, of exposure to drenching rains, washing clothes, having the haircut. These are, all sound silly, but at the same time, when they did the provings of these remedies, these rubrics came out very, very strong. Tobacco and iodine. Excessive use of salt or sugar in electrocution. So those are all, you know, like I said, these are remedies that, that you can look at as, like I said, an intercurrent or just as general use for if you suspect that possibly someone is having symptoms of, you know, being exposed to different types of radiation or a single incident of radiation exposure. Then we have radium bromatum. This is one of my very, very favorites as far as reaching for a remedy for radiation poisoning. This has been used in cases of lupus, epithelioma, carcinoma of the cervix, uterus, and urethral carbuncle. Um, skin cancers have been cured with radium bromatum in potencies. Ulcers due to radium burns that take a long time to heal. Effects of x-ray burns. Effective for rheumatism and gout, severe aching pains all over with restlessness. This patient is better moving about, itching all over the body, burning skin, urethma and dermatitis with itching, burning, swelling, and redness, eczema, psoriasis, small pimples, branny scabs, scleroderma, which is thickening and hardening of the skin, callosities, cancer, necrosis, and ulceration. Like I said, this is probably one of the most important remedies for anyone just to have it in their arsenal, to have in their first aid kit for persons who have been exposed to radiation toxicity. Strontium carb. Um, again, this is a, this is a really um, specific remedy, especially it's very constitutional as well. Bone diseases, ankle sprains, congestive state, flushing in the face, violent pulsation of the arteries, congestion that's much like glonium, which we're going to get to, congestion to the heart, lungs, and head, symptoms better by warmth and wrapping up and worse for cold, complaints worse walking, especially the headache, um, dyspnea, which is that shortness of breath, and pressure in the sternum, causations, hemorrhages, chronic sequel, injuries, sprains, shock, surgical shock after blood loss, great exhaustion after surgery. So again, we have these symptoms, and if someone has radiation poisoning, they can actually display these types of symptoms, and this would be a really good remedy for them. X-ray. This is the one we put in the World's Disease Kit. This is a great remedy to have on hand as well. I tell everybody, literally, this is a remedy you need to have on hand because you never know where you're going to be exposed to x-rays. Even if you have to go through the x-ray at the airport, people don't think that's a serious deal. Trust me, it's a serious deal. Your body is being exposed to x-ray. They say, oh, it's so minimal, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this remedy is for x-ray poisoning or for cancer patients submitted to treatment by radiation, x-rays, cobalt, for patients submitted to therapy by immune suppressors or 
anti-tumor chemotherapy, anemia, chronic fatigue, burns that refuse to heal, cancer, sun exposure. They have low vitality, warty growths, stimulates cellular metabolism. It can arouse the vitality um, mentally and physically. And it's useful for syndromes of deficiency or certain elements are present in the blood and for leukemia. And, uh, and I said, people say, well, can I take it? I had my x-rays two weeks ago. Can I take it? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, and then they'll say, which one? I have the 30C and the 200 on hand. And if I'm going to, if I have x-ray, you know, immediately you can take that 30C, take it for three days, make sure that's, that your body has read that remedy or take a 200. It, at that point, depending on your own vitality, that's the remedy I suggest. Like for us older people, 30C is a very good remedy because our bodies read it really clear, really well. For the younger people or healthy people, 200 is, is great to have on hand. Ionizing radiation. This is an important remedy for um, homeopaths to have on hand because the, we do tend to see a lot of this these days. Why we're seeing so many blood clots nowadays, I don't know. But this is the main remedy for blood clots, okay? I think it's called RAD-I or IRAD, depending on which lab it comes from. But it's, if you ask for ionizing radiation, I, like I said, I think it's RAD-I in my pharmacy. I'm not sure. And it's great, has a great effect on the blood clots. Um, idiopathic thrombosis. It aids in dissolving in any sort of clot thickness and restoring health to the venous system again. It's an amazing remedy for, for that. And like again, why we're seeing so much trouble with people with blood clots these days is, I don't know, maybe there's a correlation between the radiation we're being exposed to and what's going on in our bodies, right? Glonium. I will say that there's, I know there's a lot of talk about what the bodies are being exposed to now. And how our lungs and our bodies are actually able to handle it. And again, is it the radiation pulsations? I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but it's definitely worth considering when we look at these remedies and the effects that it has on the human body. Glonium, okay, this is the remedy. <laughs> it's glononium, and it's palpitations, strokes, sun headaches, heart disorders, congestive headaches, bursting and expanding sensations, pulsing, congestive sensation, collapse, feeble heart, syncope, sudden vascular congestion. This is the remedy that was listed for cell phone aggravation. And for that, that's, like I said, that's what I used to have so much of is when I would talk on my phone, I would get this terrible headache. Now I just call whoever I'm going to call and I close the phone and I can talk that way and I don't get those headaches or that earache. It was actually, I could, I would get a headache, but mostly it would bother my ear and I would actually be that pulsing pain in my ear. And so 
you know, glonium, I did not know that glonium was a good remedy for that. Otherwise, I could have been taking that as well because that would have helped eliminate those harmful effects. But I can honestly say it really didn't dawn on me that it was my phone so much as I thought, oh, I just hate talking on the phone. <laughs> but you know, I actually don't like talking on the phone. <clears throat> anyway, um, so I would use that as an excuse. Now I'll get an earache if I talk on the phone. <laughs> but they do have, you can go online and you can see how the effect, the thermal effect that talking on a cell phone does have between a, an adult and a child. With a child, it's much quicker. And um, I know, like I said, a lot of people just use the earbuds now, which is which is good, so that we don't have such close contact. But I would definitely make sure I have a safe sleeve, too. Um, okay, carcinosin. Cancers, tumors, benign cystic fibroids, lipoma, um, never well since mono or chronic fatigue, antidotes, the effects of vaccinations. Carcinosin is a huge remedy, and it can be used intercurrently. And it always has constantly changing symptoms because it is such a malignant type of remedy that um, it's hard to chase sometimes. So when we have someone that looks as though they need a good remedy, that they could be walking into cancer or they have cancer, that's when homeopaths will use carcinosin intercurrently for their patients. I know a lot of people can even just, you know, they'll say, well, I'm too scared to use this myself. And I'm like, yeah, well... Just do an acute with a homeopath, you know, and like I said, it's a great remedy because it helps to root out hereditary disposition as well. And then we have that mobile phone remedy that I just think is so funny. I actually looked up the proving of this because it wasn't in any of our books, of course. It's a relatively new proving. And so, like I said, I when I was looking at the rubrics, it's like, oh my goodness, all the different symptoms that came about when they did this proving. Um, everything from restlessness to spaced out feelings, suicidal thoughts, vertigo as if intoxicated, heaviness on the occiput, that's the, the rear of the head, pain in the forehead, above the eyes, especially the left. It had so, so many symptoms. Ears pulsating, hearing impaired, pressing on the ear ameliorates, in other words, makes it feel better. Eruptions about the face, electric type shocks within the body, metallic taste in the mouth, swelling of the tongue, sensation as if swelling of the tongue. The list was extremely long and I didn't put it all here, of course, but there are many symptoms from the, all parts of the anatomy as well as the mind and it affects the sleep. So I just thought that'd be really, really interesting. And I will, you know, I stopped to think about how many of us sleep near our cell phones. I mean, isn't that ridiculous? We never used to sleep near the landline. <laughs> that would be several rooms away. And yet we find it necessary to sleep near our cell phones in case somebody tries to get a hold of us. I don't know why we all think we need to be so accessible nowadays, right? Anyway, I think it was. I thought it was really interesting when we did this, when we looked this up and just really went over these remedies because it's really important to understand them and to know how to use them because radiation is everywhere. It's all around us, and many of us are feeling the effects of it. Everything from, like I said, hair loss to anxiety to sleeplessness to just you name it. It affects everyone a little bit differently. And so when we understand this, there's hope. We can use these remedies to really nix the effects of the radiation, especially when we've been ex exposed, like I said, to x-rays, to, you know, radiation, persons who have been taking radiation, and be ready for natural disasters. And last but not least, we have Cali Iodatum. Cali is potassium iodide, and taken in a 12x potency, this will really help 
especially on a daily basis to help for with in case there's a like a nuclear accident again like there was in Japan a few years ago I know when that happened I actually conferred with a couple of different homeopaths from around the world and they said that they suggest that people take Caliodatum 12x in addition to radium bromatum occasionally like a 30c once a week until the threat or the fallout lessens and the cali the radium bromatum you could just just take a couple of doses for maybe a couple of weeks while it's initial but the caliodatum could be taken until they felt that they were out of an immediate danger so it's really interesting to stop and think about how we have these we need to have these remedies on hand just so that we can stay as healthy as we possibly can be okay because we never know when we're being exposed but if at any time and you like to say innate intelligence sometimes you just think hmm i just feel funny where did i go what did i do and you know what if you just wonder if you maybe were exposed to higher levels of radiation than you were used to, just take a dose of this Kali Iodatum 12X. And if things don't get better, then consider a different remedy. It's just being prudent to have these things on hand. And then if for sure, if you know someone who does get radiation poisoning, then you're prepared as well. All right. Thanks folks for listening. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.